We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. So this morning we're continuing a series called Bamboo Season. What is bamboo season? What is the concept behind bamboo season? Bamboo season is a season of increase. It's a season of exponential growth. It's a season of new growth and and new things that are happening in our lives. And as I've been studying the bamboo plant, I've just been fascinated by what I've discovered. Because it takes three years for you to actually see the growth of a bamboo plant. So if you want to grow a bamboo plant, like a legit bamboo plant, and you go to the horticulturalist, you go grab this plant, you divide it from its other parts, and then you go and you plant it in the soil, you'll sit there for three years and like, it's a bust. It's not growing. Nothing is happening. But what you don't understand is that for a bamboo plant, it's growing deep underground. It's getting rooted. It's growing and it's expanding. It's gaining ground underground. It's getting stronger. And like I said last week, for many of us, we come into faith or we come into new seasons of life and we're saying, God, I'm in my waiting right now. Well, why don't I see the growth that I want to see? Why don't I see the increase that I want to see? And what's happening is God is rooting us on the inside. There's things that are going beneath the surface. And and sometimes when we've got family members who give their hearts to the Lord and then we don't see any change right away. Uh, We get into relationships and we don't understand what's going on. Our, Our marriage isn't flourishing in the way it is. And you're investing and you're investing and things aren't taking place the way they should be. And what's happening is we're, we, we're quick to write things off. But something that we learned from the bamboo plant is like it, it's growing deeper. And what's happening is the, the, it's all about the rhizomes. It's all about the roots in a bamboo. The roots have to grow stronger and gather around each other and hold each other up and have to build each other up and strengthen each other, just kind of like the church. When we come into faith and, and we get planted into a local church, sometimes on the outside I look the same, but on the inside I'm starting to root myself and I'm getting closer to people. And in the right time and in the right season, a bamboo plant that you haven't seen for three years will grow four feet above ground in 24 hours. Something that you did not see existing for three years will be more than existing in just 24 hours. Absolutely, we can clap on that. And that's somebody's testimony here. And it doesn't stop there because... As time goes, each year the bamboo plant in the right season grows faster and it grows higher as long as it remains rooted. As long as it remains rooted. In the third year, it can go 10 feet. By the seventh year, a bamboo shoot can rise 40 feet. 
in 60 days. And somebody in here is waiting for their growth to happen. Somebody here is waiting for their breakthrough to happen. And I want you to look at somebody. I had you say this last week. What did I say? I said, when you, what you see is nothing on what I will be. Maybe somebody needs to look at their friend. Maybe somebody needs to look at their spouse. Maybe somebody needs to look at their, their, their child or a child needs to look at their parent. What you now see is nothing on what I will be. Go ahead and say that to somebody today. What you now see is nothing on what I will be. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. God, speak to us through your word. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys, if you've got a Bible, go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1. We're going to be learning about a bamboo season that took place in the early church. I don't know about you, but I'm an incredibly impatient person. I am extremely impatient. How many in here want to admit like that's you? Like you're one of those impatient people that just does not like waiting. I cannot say, especially when I'm trying to get somewhere, especially when I'm trying to accomplish something, when there's progress that needs to be made, I am incredibly impatient. In the last few years, I've been doing a lot of traveling, and if there's anything that would drive you more insane, anyone who flies is a delayed flight. You are sitting in there, you're excited, especially when your trip is over, you just want to get home. Like, I'm tired, I'm ready to go home, I want to go sleep in my own bed. And the worst part is, when the flight is already a late night flight, and then they're like, hey, everybody in gate A26 flying Spirit Airlines, because it's always Spirit, Spirit Airlines, your flight is delayed by 30 minutes. Departure time would be 30 minutes. Uh, the plane is being checked out right now for some difficulty. I'm like, change the plane. Just give me a different plane. I don't want to fly on a plane that has difficulties. And then 30 minutes go by, everybody in gate A26 uh, your plane is dealing with some circumstances, some unfortunate circumstances. Go ahead and sit tight. We're going to be here for a little while longer. Departure time is now one hour from right now. And you're like, fix it, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> fix it, Jesus. Give me a different plane, holy Jesus. Hour goes by, and guess what they say? Hey, everybody in gate A26, we're so glad you're flying with Spirit Airlines. And uh, we just want to let you know that we're working hard on this issue. But uh, your flight is now delayed two hours, so go ahead and sit tight. And you're sitting there going nuts, like, are you serious? I just want to get home. This same exact situation happened to me. And three times they came back on the, on the PA and was like, hey, your flight is delayed. I remember this one guy, and I'm like, I'm already getting impatient, but I'm like, God, please just get me home. I've got to preach in the morning. True story. It was a Saturday night, and uh, Pastor Derek was still here at the time, and he's like, are you coming in tomorrow? Morning? I'm like, bro, I don't know if I'm going to make it because this flight is not going anywhere. And so this guy is by me, and he is getting irate. This is ridiculous. I paid for this flight. We all did, bro. Chill. We all did. This is ridiculous. When are we going to take off? And he's getting mad, and he's, like, talking bad to the lady at the counter. And it's so funny because the ladies at the counter know, like, they've got all the power. And they're just like, yes, yes, mm, we're sorry, sir. 
sorry, there's nothing I can do. And he's just getting so, well, can I get my money back? No, sorry, sir, you're on a un- non-refundable fr- flight. I'm um, sorry, it's not going to happen. So he's getting so upset. So he finds out, who else is traveling? Who else is leaving? And so somebody goes like, oh, well, you know, that flight is going in- into Chicago as well, too. So he's like, well, I'm going to go find out. She's like, well, sir, you know, just, just want to let you know that um, uh, we're doing everything that we can. And he's just, he's not having it. He's super impatient. And so he goes to the other counter, and he's like, what time are you going to? The flight is leaving a couple hours later. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to switch this flight. So I see him going over there, and he pulls out his credit card, and he pays for another flight. But how many of you guys know when you buy a flight that late at night, chances are that flight is full, so they're going to put you on what? Standby. So this brother's like, you know what? I'd rather be on standby than stand here and wait for this dumb flight, blah, blah, blah. And he's go walking over there. And so I'm just like, I go over there and I, you know, I'm an opportunist a little bit. So I go to the counter. I'm like, hey, nice lady. How are you today? She's like, oh, it's, it's a rough night. I know. It's like, you're doing such a great job. Phenomenal. Your patience with that man was just incredible. I envy you. She's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, by chance, are there any open seats on the flight? Because I saw the way the guy was dressed. I'm like, he looked like he might be uh, sitting on one of the big seats. (laughs) So she said, you know, interestingly enough, one seat just opened up because uh, that man has decided to go buy another seat. I'm like, how could it be? (laughs) I said, so, um, uh, by chance, you know, is there any way I can move seats? She's like, well, you know, sir, you know, we, we, the, the flights are just kind of booked and you can't really switch seats. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, eh, that's cool. I'm like, I'm like you know what, you, you did a great job. And she's like, well, you know what, Mate, hold on. <laughs> Do you want a big seat? <laughs> Who, me? I mean, now that you're offering... And so I got a big seat because this dude was super impatient. This dude refused to be rooted right where he was planted. He already had a flight. And you know what made it even better? 30 minutes later, they opened up the gate, and we were on the flight. And I'm looking at him like. (laughs) And, you know, I believe this is what God wants to tell us today. If we want to enter our bamboo season, if we want to enter and receive all the promises that he's given us, You've got to be more than just planted. You've got to be rooted. You've got to be willing to stick through the waiting. You've got to be willing to be faithful through the waiting. You have to be rooted. And we see in Acts chapter 1, Jesus talking to his disciples He's been resurrected from the grave. When he went to the cross and he died and went into the tomb, all their hope was lost. They thought their life was over. They thought their hero was gone, and there was nothing else they could do. They were disappointed. They were frustrated and thought life was over. But then three days later, he shows back up. He is resurrected, and he's ready to go, and he's walking with them, and he's talking with them, and he's teaching them, and now all of their hope is restored. They're excited. They think now is the time that we're going to get our blessing. Now is the time we're going to get our breakthrough. Now we're not going to be under Roman guard anymore because our hero is back. He's going to take care of everything. Everything that we've been waiting for is about to be given back to us. Our breakthrough 
is on its way. What can we learn from this narrative? I believe that if we are to enter our bamboo season as individuals, as a church, as families, as relationships— There's a few key takeaways that we learn in this story. See, last week we talked about being planted. If you didn't hear that message, didn't get a chance, and it's on YouTube, go check it out. It's called Planted. Today we're going to talk about being rooted. Because to enter a bamboo season, you've got to be more than planted. You've got to be rooted. So we dig in. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, and I'm just going to give you the points if you're following along in your teaching sheets. Point number one is simply this. Choose to remain planted. Well, I thought you were talking about being rooted. We'll get there. You've got to choose to remain planted. So while Jesus is staying with them, he's with his disciples now. He's been with them for 40 days. He's been hanging out, connecting with them, letting them know what's going to happen and how the kingdom of heaven is going to take place and how their lives are going to move in some supernatural ways. In verse 4 it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them, everybody say ordered. He ordered them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father. He says, stay in the city. Stay in your neck of the woods. Don't go anywhere. Be planted. He says, listen, something is about to take place. There's a promise that God has given you, but you're not going to receive it if you don't go and plant it. If you don't stay where you are. They're ready to go. They're excited about this new season that's going to take place. But he's like, listen, if you want to experience that, you've got to stay planted. But this word ordered is very important. See, in the society that we live in, we don't want nobody to order us to do anything. I'm grown. You can't tell me what to do. Even my 13-year-old be like, but dad, I'm 13 now. Like, boy, did you just push your, puff your chest at me? I see, I love you, bro. It wasn't a suggestion. He was giving them direct orders like a general will give directions to their squadron. He said, listen, go and stay in Jerusalem. This is not optional. You want to receive your blessing. You want to see the bamboo season take place in your life. You want to experience the promise. Go and stay there. But you know, many of us, we don't like being told what to do. I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't want to. I want to do things the way I want to do them. Hey, listen, this is a time of singleness for you. But I want to be booed up. February is coming up. Listen, uh, stay in your job. It's not the right time to move yet. I can't stand my boss, so I'm quitting. Anybody, anybody got any leads on the job? He's like, listen, I've got the right direction for you. I need you to stay planted. I, I need you to not be wishy-washy. You're in a local church, and, and things go a little awry, and you're, you're a little uncomfortable. And rather than stay planted because God has connected you to a body, you're like, I'm just uprooting. I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe it'll be better in that church. He's saying stay planted. And maybe some of us 
don't see God's radical moves in our life because we don't stay long enough planted to experience it. Every chance we get, we want to escape. Every chance we want to leave. But guess what, guys? God's word is not suggested points of destination on, on the map. God's word to us is not a suggestion. God's way for us to live our lives, God's way for us to, to be rooted and, and to be planted in his word are not suggestions. They're literally the GPS coordinates to our blessing. God says, listen, if you trust me, be planted, you will receive your blessing. Verse 5, he goes on. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You will be. You shall be baptized. This this word, shall be, is like, listen, there's nothing that you're going to do to make the blessing come forward. It's a passive tense. He says, there's nothing that you can conjure up. You can't do anything to receive this thing. God is going to do it all by himself. But you've got to be willing to stay planted where you are. He says, listen, this bamboo season that I'm leading you guys into is not about a hope and a prayer. It's about a hope and a promise. I've said it, and I will do it. I've promised it, and I'll bring it to pass. And he goes and says, not many days later, and literally, he's like, uh, in God's timing, at the right time, at the right appointed time, you are going to receive this thing that I want to give you. And isn't it the worst thing to get, like, vague directions like that? Anybody here who's type A and likes to know the end from the beginning and what's going to happen, tell me the rules and the regulations and tell me how long it's going to take and what it's going to happen and how it's going to do? Where's Zach? Is Zach in here? I'm going to pick on Zach for a second. Zach is the most orderly, I need to know what's going on thing ever. Lewis is like, yes. He knows because we traveled with Zach. Zach, can I make fun of you for a quick second? You're awesome. So each year, part of our our team, they go through this 316 Academy short course over the summer. Come on, 316. Shout out. At the end of the summer, we take everybody for a trip to our 316 conference over Relevant Riverside in California. So we take our team out there. So it's a group of individuals. And I remember when we were getting ready to go, Zach was like, okay, So we're going to California. So what are we going to do? I'm like, all right, so this is what's going to happen. Friday, conference is going to start. Saturday, conference is going to end around 4 o'clock. And, you know, oh, we can't wait to be there. He says, yeah, but what's going to happen when we get there and then after conference? I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. He's like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So, like, you're telling me we're flying to California and we're planned to go to the conference. But before and after the conference... You have no clue what we're going to do? I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I'm like, it's pretty fluid. So he's already like, man, okay. So we get on this flight. We go to California. We pick him up. We go to conference Friday. Saturday hits. At the beginning of Saturday, he knows conference is ending at 4 o'clock. So Zach comes up to me and is like, okay, so the schedule says we're ending at 4 o'clock. So what are we doing after that? And I know what Zach wants to hear. He wants to hear a plan. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. 
Zach is getting so frustrated. It's 12 o'clock now. Conference is over in four hours. Zach is like, hey, so um, any plan on what we're doing after this? What's my answer? Mm. This was me the entire weekend, and Zach was getting so fr- Zach was getting so frustrated with me, and I was having so much fun. But God is saying, Jesus is saying to them, listen, it's going to happen, but not according to your time. And not many days from now, it's going to take place. I'm not going to tell you all the details. Just know a supernatural event is going to happen in your life. And you're going to experience something you've never experienced before. And you're going to see the Holy Spirit come over you and you will be given power. But Jesus, <laughs> that's awesome. What time, what, what, when are we going to happen? In a few days from now. What is it going to look like? Mm. <laughs> Point number two. Point number one was choose to be planted, even though when you don't know what's going on. Choose the promise over the presumption. This is big for us. Choose the promise over the presumption. What does he say in verse six? It says, so when, in other translation, it says, therefore, based on everything that he just said, they've been hanging out with him for 40 days. He's just had this interesting conversation with them. They're about to experience something supernatural. Their life is about to go to a whole nother level. The bamboo season is coming. So therefore, when they had come together, they asked him. Other translations say, like, they they kept on asking him. It's like the kid when you're driving. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? It's like Zach. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Do we got a plan? We got a plan? It says they kept on asking him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He says you're going to receive and be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And their mind goes elsewhere. So does that mean we're going to be made rulers? No, no, you're, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised me from the dead is going to be in you and over you and guiding you. But, but, but Jesus, does that mean I'm going to be able to be a ruler? Wait, are you, you know how I was dead and now I'm alive? That doesn't happen a whole lot. No, it doesn't happen, Jesus. That same power that rose me from dead is going to rise you. Man, that's awesome. But like, yeah, like, so what do I get out of it? Choose the promise over the presumption. See, they were looking. They had been under Roman guard for all these years. And part of their philosophy of the Jewish culture was when God's Holy Spirit, because this Holy Spirit was predicted all the way back in the book of Joel, all the way in the back of the Old Testament, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will prophesy. Your young women will see visions. And they saw all of this, but in their mind, they translated it as if the whole power of the Holy Spirit comes over us, then I don't have to be under bondage over here by the Romans. So that means I'm going to be a ruler. I'm expecting political and military power. God is trying to give them supernatural power. They're thinking about power here on earth. He's saying, listen, I'm going to give you power that created the cosmos. And how many of us, when God gives us a promise and tells us he's going to do something in our life, we're caught up on what we really want. 
Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to just bless you in this marriage. I'm going to give you this amazing spouse. Just, just go ahead and just love on your spouse, love her to life. And be like, so uh, when can I get the divorce? No, no, you didn't, you forgot what I was saying. I'm going to love you. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. Your marriage is going to, is going to begin to flourish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, man, I just, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking about the other person that I would rather be with right now. So many times in life, we've been given opportunities, we've been given things in, in, that God wants to do in our life, but we're so caught up with what we really want. I'm going to bless you, but God, I want it this way. Uh, but I'm going to give you this, but that's nice, God, but what I really want is this. They had the promise, but they had their own agenda. They were given something that they could be excited about, but it wasn't good enough for them because it wasn't up to their own standards. God had a plan, but they had their own purpose. How many of us in here are that way? God has a plan for our life, so uh, we're going to have our own purpose. God says human sexuality should be this way, and we're saying, no, I want to do things my own way. Uh, God is saying, hey, why don't you wait till you get married until you engage in that way. And we're like, no, I want it now. God is saying, hey, why don't you have some integrity on your job? But no, I got to get over because they're treating me bad. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to stick it to them. Are you more attentive to what you desire over what he's promised? Choose the promise over the presumption. It got real quiet in here. Because this is real. This is us. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. No, I want power here. Point number three. You want to enter your bamboo season. You want to see God do something supernatural in your life. You want to experience the the newness of God's favor in your life. Focus on what he has revealed, not what is concealed. Focus on what he has revealed, not what he has concealed. In verse (laughs) 7, I love Jesus. Jesus is so funny. Y'all don't understand, like, we would have had jokes if Jesus was walking around on this earth. I would have loved to just follow Jesus around, just simply the way he answered people. So verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, Nanya. Seriously, he said that. Listen, he said, it is not for you to know times or seasons. 2009 vernacular, ain't none of your business. Focus on what he has promised, not what he has concealed. It says, uh, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Humanity, we are nosy. We want to know what is happening everywhere else except in our own life. We want to figure out what's happening on the job in somebody else's career, not only in ours. He says, listen, God has established his times and seasons. 
listen, what God said will happen will happen when it's supposed to happen. Everything will happen in his time. Uh, a scripture tells us that he will make all things beautiful in its time. Are you willing to be rooted? Are you willing to stay planted even when you don't understand how we're going to get there? Are you willing to be planted even when you don't have the end from the beginning? We're so concerned about what's next. We can never appreciate what's now. We're constantly looking about where I want to go, what I want to do. And God is like, man, listen, just stay planted. I've got something for you right there. Right there, right there where you are. In that job, in that relationship, in that school, in that situation, in that church. I've got something for you right there. You know, I hear this a lot as a pastor. You know, I've been praying. I just don't hear God. I just, I just don't understand what God is telling me to do. Like, you know, like, I've prayed and all of that. I just, I, just don't, I just don't hear God anymore. It's like I used to hear God super clearly, but I don't hear him anymore. And you know what my first question is? What's the last thing he told you to do? And are you doing it? Because most of the time, we get stuck in a situation where we're like, I don't know if I hear God. It's because God is not going to repeat himself. God is like, listen, I am, I'm, not, I'm not mom and daddy. I'm the heavenly father. I love you, but I've already told you what to do. And I'm not going to sit here and banter back and forth with you and wonder why, oh, my life is just not going the way it is. Did you do what God asked you to do last time? I've experienced it in my own life. The moment I stop hearing from God is the moment that I realize, hey, I was a little off of the path that he had called me to walk on. He goes on in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power to be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. This power is the word dunamis, the word that we get dynamite from. He says, you're about to receive something explosive, something expansive, something that is going to wreck everything around you. You are going to be moving with such acceleration, you won't even understand where it came from. This power was not this power to have, like, good morality. He was like, I'm giving you power to accomplish a task. This power that I'm putting inside of you is going to allow you to accomplish everything that I've created you to be. Wouldn't you want that power living inside of you? He says it's going gonna, it's gonna to be power. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to allow you to be my witnesses. I read this. And God, it's like God laughed. And he was like, read it again. Because I got excited about the power that I was going to receive. We all do, right? Oh, God is about to do something great in my life. I'm going to receive the power. Oh, my gosh. I received the power. I received that dunamis power, Jesus. I'm going to have accelerated growth. I'm going to be expansive. I'm going to be explosive. Yes, Jesus. I receive it. And I got super excited. And then God said, read it again, dummy. But you will receive power. I said, yes. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, I said, yes. And you will be.
eyewitnesses. What? Uh, Jesus? I'm at power, right? Yes! <laughs> Good. I'm a glad. You can have, your Holy Spirit is going to be inside. The same power that raised you from the dead is going to be in me, right? Absolutely. Oh, I'm good with that. But remember, keep reading. Why? Because the power I'm going to give you is going to be for you, but it's not going to be about you. You're going to be my witness. But God, I want other people to witness my power. No, that's not what I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you so that you can be my witness. Your reach, your influence, your growth is your stewardship to enjoy, but it's about my glory. But about what I'm trying to accomplish, about my grace, my love for you. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, it's a document, you know, teach young children the the tenets of faith, of what it is to be a believer. Uh, The first question is, what is the chief end of man? What is man put on this earth to do? I love the answer because it's taken straight out of scripture to give glory to God and enjoy him forever. The chief end of man, why are we here on this earth? To give glory to God. To point back to our maker. To point back to our savior. Sorry guys, listen. I I believe that God wants to do some supernatural things in our lives, in our jobs, in our companies, in our our businesses, in whatever we want to do. But check this out, guys. That is not your chief end. That is just the icing on the cake. Your chief end is to give glory to God. The reason you are in your job is to give glory to God. The reason you're in your marriage is to give glory to God. The reason you've been placed in the family you've been to, students, is to give glory to God. It's to give glory to God. They were to use their influence and power to point to Jesus. God gave me this right here. A true bamboo season is always connected to the provision, grace, and the supremacy of Christ. A true bamboo season is always connected to the provision the grace, and ultimately to the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Our bamboo season does not take place outside of being rooted in Jesus Christ. A true bamboo season is not reflective of my abilities or what God has put inside of me. It's reflective of the power of Jesus Christ working in and through me. Point number four. I'm going to round this out. You want to see a bamboo season in your life? You want to see God move incredibly through your life? You want to see God take you to a whole new level? It's point number four is commit to active obedience rather than passive acceptance. Commit to active obedience rather than passive acceptance. So what do they do? God gives them this word. And they were excited about the power, and they were excited about the Holy Spirit. And then they were like, oh, 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 it's not about us. It's about you, Jesus. And what do they do immediately after that? We're going to jump down a few verses to verse 12. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem. He said, stay in Jerusalem. He ordered them to stay in Jerusalem. He says, be planted in Jerusalem. Be planted in that place that I've called you to be planted at. 
So they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem. That's where they were connecting and hanging out. A Sabbath day journey, meaning it was about half a mile. They followed his direction. They immediately obeyed God's word. They didn't veer off the path. They heard God's word and they says, I'm going to do it. They read God's word and they say, I'm going to obey it. God spoke a word over their life and they said, I'm not going to argue it because it's uncomfortable to me. I'm not going to ask questions because I don't understand the end from the beginning. I'm just going to go and I'm just going to do it because he said it. I'm asking, how, how, how are you living your life under God's word? God has told us to love our neighbors. Are you busy looking at political affiliations? God said, I want my children to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge and the work of me so that they can grow in harmony together. How often are you opening up your table of fellowship or you only got people around you who you know, who you like, and who you like? God says, judge not lest ye be judged. How tired are your judgy pants on? How are you looking at everybody else and how they're living their life and how they're not measuring up? Commit to obedience rather than passive acceptance. They obeyed the word. They received the word. They moved according to the word. And they position themselves to receive the promise. They position themselves to receive the promise. J- Jared, come, come up here for a quick second, if you wouldn't mind. Mason, come here. I need you guys to sit like in that second row right there. Yeah, second row, right up there. Commit to active obedience rather than passive acceptance. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. So they positioned themselves to receive the promise, right? They immediately went. They obeyed. The disciples had gathered together. Uh, They positioned themselves so that, Jared, this is you. When God threw the ball, they would be able to catch it. Mason, this is for you. They positioned themselves to receive the promise. Isaiah, they received... They would receive the promise if they positioned themselves in the place that God told them to be. Hey, Mason. Really? Mason, straight I was looking right at you, bruh. That's the promise, Mason. Trying to have a sermon illustration here. See, but many of us, when the promise is taking long, We think we can help God. 
So we reposition ourselves. Mason, go sit over there. But here's the deal. God is still throwing in the last position he told you to sit. Goes on in verse 14. So I'll read verse 12 through 14, all just in one fell swoop. He says, then they returned to Jerusalem. From the Mount of Olivet, they listened to God. They obeyed his word, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. They gathered together. Who was it? It was Peter. It was John. It was James. It was Andrew. It was Philip. It was Thomas. It was Bartholomew. It was Matthew. It was James, the son of Alphaeus. It was Simon the Zealot. It was Judas, the son of James. All these were with one accord. All of these obeyed God with a single purpose and a single mind. They were unified. They were all different people. When you read through that, these were all different people from all different paths. It didn't mean they liked all the same things. It didn't mean they, they, they had preferences uh, that were exactly the same, but they were unified. And see, when we're obeying God's word and we're saying we're going to uh, root together, we're going to get together, and God says, hey, be in this position. I want you to be with these people. I want you to, to, to come together. I want you to be one. It's not about uniformity, guys. It's about unity. It says they had one mind. They were together. And what was taking place? All these were one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Prayer was the main activity. Jesus told them to wait. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the promise, Ryan. I promise you, I'm going to give you the promise, Jessica. I promise you, Mark, your promise, the promise is sure it's my word. I just need you to stay planted and I need you to get rooted. I don't want you to just stay planted. I want you guys to go back together and be together. Be on one accord. Seek my face together. And you know what happens when you get together with people who are believing on the same thing that you're believing? Prophetic prayers begin to happen. You start encouraging one another. This week, shout out to the men's regroup, 414. We gathered together at uh, the Diaz house, yeah. Scripture says there's nothing better than men coming together. It's a beautiful thing. And we were in this room and, and people are sharing and people are talking and we're laughing and we're bantering because that's what guys do. But then we get real over a second and we're saying, God has promised me this. I'm looking for God to do this in my life. I'm expecting this. And guess what? We start praying for one another. I believe on God to bless you in this way. I believe if God has given you his word, it's going to be sure to come. And we're starting to develop ourselves and build up each other. And the people who came in with their heads hanging low, now they're walking out with their heads high. Because that's what's happened when you get rooted. You get stronger. You get you get built up. You get connected. You get held up. And that's what's happening together. They're, they're inspiring one another. I got to ask you a question. Who are you rooted with? Are the people you're rooted with inspiring you and encouraging you to, to rely on God's word? 
Are they building you up? Are they encouraging you up with the word of God? Because if so, you got to remain planted and rooted there. And, and if, if you want a bamboo to grow, you've got to divide it from one plant and go place it somewhere else so that it can start to become rooted and healthy in a different space. Same thing for us. If we are in an unhealthy state, we need to go somewhere like the local church and gather with individuals like regroups and begin to serve one another because serving each other is how we roll. And regroup is where the church begins. Get planted. Get rooted. See, the strength and the size of a bamboo's roots will determine how fast and how tall it grows when bamboo season gets there. But it's got to remain planted. And it's got to grow its roots. See, they were not only planted, they were rooted. Point number five, uh, here's the deal. Get rooted where you've been planted. Creative, nope, straightforward. Get, get rooted where you've been planted. See, like I said, we get tired of waiting. We move. God says, stay in this position and we move. Uh, We go somewhere else. Uh, But listen to this. Listen to this. God will only produce the promise where he's planted and positioned you. So we move out of the way. And we're like, God, I don't hear you anymore. The ball is still going where I told you to be. The promise is still where I positioned it. But you moved. You got off course. And we sit there and we wonder, God, why is it that other person is receiving their blessing and I'm not? You moved. I told you to remain planted. Because I'm only going to throw the blessing where I originally said it was going to be positioned. You got to stay planted. You got to stay rooted. You've got to fight. You've got to fight the lie of the enemy. That's trying to convince you that your position is your problem. Stay planted. Stay rooted. Because what you now see will not be what will be. Somebody started clapping. That was a golf clap, but it's okay. I'm going to clap on that myself. That was good. See, even when you feel like nothing's happening, God is still working. How do we know? Because what God has promised will come to pass. Just If you have your word, I'm just going to read one more verse. Go to Acts chapter 2. They were planted. They were obedient. They chose a promise over presumption. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, when the day of Pentecost 
arrived. When bamboo season came, they were all together, planted, rooted, and ready. When bamboo season showed up, they weren't positioned in another place. They were positioned where the promise was coming. When the when bamboo season came, when the Pentecost arrived, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues of the Holy Spirit, and they gave them utterance. They were planted where God had promised them, and they received the promise because they were planted and they were rooted. And 120 people became 3,000 people by the glory of Jesus Christ. Are you planted and rooted? Are you ready for your bamboo season? You've got to remain planted and rooted. It takes three years for a bamboo to break ground. It's three years from what you don't see to become what will be. <laughs> Y'all want to know how long the disciples walked with Jesus? Three years. Three years. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Three years. We're just walking around following Jesus wherever he goes. Three years. What, what, what's going to happen? We've seen some cool things happen, but what, when, when is it really going to take place? Three years, it's 12 of them. Three years, they lose one. Three years, now it's only 11 of us. God, I thought you were going to do something with us. Three years, they stayed where they were. Three years, they show up. God says, go get planted and go get rooted because it's bamboo season, baby. And if you want to see uh, the growth that's going to take place, you better stay planted. You better stay rooted because bamboo season is coming. The Holy Spirit, the power is going to be here. And church, can I prophesy over relevant church on January 27th? We are celebrating three years and I bet bamboo season is on its way. Bamboo season is here. We didn't have a coffee shop last year. We got a coffee shop this year. And what you now see won't be what we will be. It's bamboo season, baby. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Listen, I just have two appeals. I know I've gone long. Appeal number one, this is, if you don't know Jesus, you will never receive a real bamboo season in your life. Do you know what the first bamboo season you're going to experience it's going to be the new life-giving power of Jesus Christ living inside of you. It's going to be the forgiveness that he gives you in front of the Father. It's going to be your ability to come to God and say, God, I am now claiming your promises, not by my merit, but by the merit of Jesus Christ, who sacrificed and died for me. So today, you can enter your first phase of your bamboo season by making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. What you now see doesn't matter what 2018 had. It doesn't matter what your life has been like before. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, who you've been with. Whatever is taking place right now, Jesus is saying, do you want to see a bamboo season in your life? Say yes to me. Come on. Number two. 
you've been planted. But you're a little bit wishy-washy. God says stay planted. And you'll sit for a second. But when things get uncomfortable, I'm going to move over here and let me see if I can help God. Uh, Let me see if I can speed up the process. And God is telling you, being planted and moving from place to place is not enough. I need you to grow roots where I've planted you. And maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your relationships, maybe it's whatever it is. Maybe it's your your relationship with Jesus Christ himself. You're not rooted. And he's saying, be rooted today. If you are in this place, two, two things. God is saying, be planted in Jesus Christ. Two, be rooted in community. Be rooted in the promise that I've given you by surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage and inspire you. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we thank you for your mighty word. We thank you, God, that you speak to us through your word. We thank you that this word is so practical to us. God, I pray for every single individual in here. I pray, God, that they will look at their own lives and see how how obedient have they been. Lord, you've already given us the promise. You've already given us the assurance. But the obedience and the faithfulness sometimes is lacking. So, Lord, if, if there is somebody in here today who is saying, Jesus, I've never really been planted in you. And, and today I recognize that I've been wishy-washy. Yeah, I say I'm a Christian or maybe I don't say I'm a Christian, but whatever the case may be, I'm really not planted in you. I'm a little wishy-washy. And today I want to come home and I want to say, Jesus, I, I want to be planted and I want to be rooted. Because I want to experience the fullness of your grace and your love. And I want to be forgiven for my sins because I know that I am not living aligned to what you've called me to live. If you are in this place, while all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed, I'm just going to invite you to just raise your hand. Right where you are, just slip your hand up. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. I see your hand. That's five people, y'all. It says when one sinner repents, all heaven rejoices. And we've had five, so y'all better make some noise for Jesus Christ and his saving grace this morning. God, I pray that you may seal their commitments, seal their heart. Lord, allow them to walk into a new season of life. May 2019 be the most fruitful season that they've ever experienced, not in material possessions, but in in possessions of the kingdom. In the possession of your grace, in the possession of your love, in the possession of your Holy Spirit that will give you glory. We ask all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.